This week's episode is brought to you by the Film Rescue Show. The Film Rescue Show is a long-form podcast in which their crew and a guest fix a film every week. Want a good first episode? Check out episode 89 with Axel and myself, where he pitched fixes for the League of Extraordinary Drummond. Still waiting on that call, Warner Brothers. For fans of filmmaking, writing, and behind-the-scenes content, check out the Film Rescue Show on all your favorite podcasting sites today. Welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... Shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? It was going well until the Omnisaya proceeded to frown upon us and give us tech issues. It wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't have at least one tech issue. Yeah, behind the scenes for everyone, we've transitioned recently to a new way to do recording. It's been working really well for us, but... Today, we have a guest, woo, spoilers, who is in the same room as me, and because of that, the setup that we've transitioned to is not working without echoes, and I don't have an hour to figure out what's going on right now. So we have fallen back on an old standard. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everything goes well. <laughs> yep. How are you doing, Ulrich? Uh, as before, I have beer, so all is well. All right. Well, then, why don't you just take us right in the patron sound off, then? Let's get right in, yep. into this. We're going to thank our patrons. These are the people that give us money to battle these technical issues and theoretically upgrade our equipment if we could ever figure out how to make it work in the first place. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Donna Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Moss, Scott and Derek Takate. Now, if you join, like to join that illustrious legion, Get yourself some extra content. Head over to patreon.com forward slash geek through shields. 25 cents an episode is a dollar a month. That goes a long way towards keeping us on the rails. Now, if you're listening to this, uh, well, actually, as we said before, you could be listening to this on a podcast loop and not actually know what the episode is. So I guess I won't say you know what it is. Anyway, we've got a guest. Introduce yourself. Hi, it's Woonvog again. I am currently wrapped in a weighted blanket and am cozy. Yep, I'm hanging out in the room with Woonvog. I've been on vacation for like 10 days, so I haven't seen him in like two weeks. So we're just hanging out and happening the same day we record. So we're like, let's do something with Woonvog. Boom, here we are. <laughs> and we, me and Ulrich were debating like what to talk about. We went on a few ideas, and then Woonvog gave us an idea. And we're like, man, Woonvog's one of our earliest guests we've ever had, and we've never done a Pillars of Geekdom with him. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> The innards of my history are an enigma. <laughs> well, we're going to... No, we just have you on for like a dozen other things. That is... We just true. haven't gotten around to this one yet. Mostly <laughs> cartoons, but a long time ago, I think when I first brought you on, you mentioned the actual topic we're going to discuss, and Ulrich was like, we need to talk about this sometime. Well, now we're getting around to it. But anyway, No, no, that's still going to be a full episode somehow. Okay, fair enough. But point is, I... As... It's the Pillars of Geekdom. For anyone who's missed our previous ones, we're going to do a quick explanation of what this is. A long time ago, I came up with this concept, and I refined it with Ulrich, about your fandom, the things that you're into as a, a, a human being, essentially, is a, a building of some sort, the metaphor that it's a building. This began because we talked about foundational fandoms, things that you got into when you were a kid that – all of the things you got into later in life build on in some form. Examples for me include Harry Potter, which got me into reading, Pokemon, which is basically foundational for how I look at video games, and even Star Trek for how I look at like shows, essentially. They are the foundations of the building that is your fandom. Pillars, then, can be foundational, but they don't have to be, but pillars are the things that are currently holding up the building that is your fandom. So they're the things that the rest of your fandom is built on around as it were so they tend to relate to many other things that you're into they don't have to be a foundation but they can be and that's pretty much the idea it's what is something that you are really into right now that a lot of the other things you're into relates to in some way it makes it a pillar of your fandom as such when we do this we have a guest tell us about one of their pillars so Wundvog, tell us what pillar we are discussing today. 
one of the longest running fandoms that I've been a part of. It has literally grown up with me, at least, well, more in the sense of I've grown up through the whole series, is more correct, is Power Rangers. Oh, man, I thought so, you were talking about Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> well, that or, you know, VR Troopers. Super Samurai Cyber Showdown. Common Rider. Yeah, we don't talk about VR Troopers. How many Sentai shows can we list? <laughs> Super Humans uh, Cyber Squad. Oh, uh, what was the the Knights of Tiernanog? Yeah, the Mystic Knights of Tiernanog. That was amazing. That was based amazing. On, yeah, based on, based on the Celtic War. Huh, never heard of that one, but that sounds oh, cool. One. That one was, I thought was a fever dream for the longest time. <laughs> anyway, the point is, uh, mostly Power Rangers, but as we just illustrated, we'll probably touch on other Sentai stuff. Mm-hmm. What's funny is that, uh, so Woonfog's been a fan of Power Rangers for most of the time I've known him, probably longer, but I didn't know it back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because we always had this kind of thing where, like, I was into Godzilla but not Power Rangers, and he was into Power Rangers but not Godzilla, so we'd have these weird kind of conversations about it. But I've watched him watch Power Rangers over the years. Because my relationship with Power Rangers was I was aware of it, the theme song was awesome, and that was about it growing up. (laughs) Oh, and I had some toys. I had no connection to what they were, but I had that one that was like the bird that fit on the back of one of the Megazords and had the flappy wings, and it was just – it's very cool. I think it was from that first movie or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably the Falcons. Yeah. Or, but yeah, like most of the shows from the '90s, it was a it was a vehicle to sell toys, and yeah, the toys were awesome. Yeah. Before before I give the microphone over to Woonvog proper, Ulrich, what's your relationship with Power Rangers? I was the target demographic for this. For Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the very first season. I loved dinosaurs. I loved violence. I was a child of the 90s. And I wasn't allowed to watch it as much as I want because my mom told me it was too violent. Okay, well then, the way we usually start this, we've got a, we've got four primary questions. We will tangent up around them all the time. But the first question is very simple. Give anyone who doesn't, somehow, doesn't know what this is, a brief explanation of what Power Rangers is. Ooh, all right. Too. Brief is difficult with Power Rangers. <laughs> As yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it originally derives from the Japanese tokusatsu or sentai series. Two different things there, but sentai mainly, I believe, being teams, or tokusatsu is one. But it's a a group of he- of superheroes usually five with more coming along as the series progress that are five main characters who are given some mystical ability to transform into a armored hero that they fight aliens, monsters, mutants, some sort of big suited monster, which will eventually grow to a giant size. And then they have, robots that can turn into a giant robot to fight giant monster. This is also live action. Yes, live action series. And that was brought over to America to run more as a kid's show, but they used the same footage when translating. So we still have, we still have the suits, the robots, the fights, but now we have, uh, American characters and usually a lot more of a child friendly narrative, which we can get away with. Cause once they're in the power Rangers outfits, their faces are completely covered. So there's no mouth issues. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, dubbing over that. So I was a big weeb before I even realized. <laughs> yep. And it was cheap as hell to produce an import, which was the big thing. Yes. And more than pretty much any other pillar I think we've talked about, if you're listening to us and you somehow don't know what Power Rangers is, I don't understand how you exist. Because, yeah, because even people like me who aren't a fan, like I've been aware of it my whole life. The amount of – the company is uh, Saban, right? Initially. And I guess going more into it, it was started by Saban, later purchased by Disney, went back to Saban, now owned by Hasbro. 
And if you're like, if part of your thing is like, well, he didn't go into really good detail. It was really generic. Admittedly, it has been going for nearly 30 years. Every season, for the most part, having its own standalone story. And but the, each yeah. thought that general idea. And the original Sentai has been going like almost 40 years, right? Yes. So it's long and, I, and complex and weird and fascinating. Yeah, which we'll probably get into more details in, but I know I do know that from listening to Woodvar talk about it that yeah, like seasons, well, not seasons. Power Rangers is split into sections, I would say, that can have one or more seasons where each section has completely new team and completely new settings even with different points in time, uh completely different ideas necessarily at play, aesthetics, but they all share that's those same basic ideas that he described. Yes, cuz there's, there's a degree been- of continuity sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. It's uh, it's gotten wild in the last few seasons, but there's tech-based seasons, there's magic-based seasons, there's ones in the future, as Ulrich stated before, like there's a lot of dinosaur-themed ones. Yep, because dinosaurs cause, are awesome. Indeed. It's funny, because saying it out loud makes me feel like Power Rangers oddly has a lot in common with a soap opera. And I mean that in a good way. You're not, not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Long-running story with a lot of deep-seated lore and characters. Yeah. Well, it's just because also the longest soap operas, things like Guiding Light, went on so long they literally had to have generations of characters. Because Guiding Light was like 71 years or something. Yeah, so. is that the one that predates television? Yeah, it was on radio. Yeah. So it was like the wow. longest-running television show like ever or something like that, which, again, started before television. Anyway, not the point. So, I mean, if you want to call Power Rangers soap operas for kids, you're not wrong. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Now, just well, again, I don't know Power Rangers as well as you guys, but just based on what I I know of it, that sounds. And I don't mean that disparagingly, because I think that we're well past the time when we disparagingly talk about soap operas. I love Cobra Kai, but it's a soap opera, and I don't think it's yes. a bad. Anyway, so next question, because brief explanation can turn into giant explanation, so we'll just take that and move forward. Because I could detail, I could detail the season by season, as as you have stated before. I have recently, big quotes there, watched through every season of Power Rangers with another friend of mine who had never seen the series up to what has just recently been the last fully ended season. So That's impressive. Like I drop out, I think, it's either In Space or Lost Galaxy. So it's kind of where I drop. No, that's not true. I kept around for Time Force because they had the awesome theme song. Well, it's funny because I I had come to respect it more, especially as I got older and got really into martial arts stuff in general. And the scenes I've seen, honestly, for me, and again, this is, as not a Power Rangers fan, I like just seeing them in the suits doing the cool martial arts choreography stuff. Like, that's oh, really same. interesting to me. I'm less interested in the kaiju stuff despite being a kaiju fan i don't know what that means about me but not the point but the last time i tried to sit down with Woonvog and I, I literally this was like six years ago at this point but he was watching with our with our friend denim and uh they're in the living room and i came out and i sat down to see what they were watching and because again i was more jaded back then uh i saw the campiness of the fight scene, which now I'm into, but back then I was a lot more judgmental about. And I just giggled. And Wunvok looks over at me and goes, dude, it's the series finale. Can you not? Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, sorry. And I left the room. <laughs> but, a lot to unpack yeah. there. Yeah. But to take part of a quote, I have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We will get to those opinions, but first we have our next important question, which can branch into many tangents. How did you get into this? How is less specific? Child of the 90s, single parent household, watched a lot of TV as a kid. And I think much like any child, you just you get directed to any of the child blocks on the, I'd say, five channels that you watched? Let's see. Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. Cartoon Network didn't Disney. exist at the time. Over oh, being did. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm okay. just saying. I'm thinking of the, just, channels, yeah, the channels okay. that you watched as a kid, right? It's, <laughs> it's Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Disney, WB, and... Fox. Fox. Well, Fox, I thought the Fox and WB were the same thing. No, they swapped back and forth. 
Because sometimes that, one existed, sometimes another existed. It was a little nebulous. Okay, okay. But, yeah, it's, I know it initially was on Fox, and I just started catching reruns at the time of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the very first season, and it clicked. Like, we have, like, as the show always touted them, the five teenagers with attitude. Plus, my Morphin was dinosaurs in the first yes. place, right? So, yep. Yeah. You know, transform into brightly colored suits with the cool helmets. And sick, sick, tasty jams from Ron Wasserman, the composer who did the music for the first four seasons. All of Mighty Morphin, which is three seasons of itself, Zeo, Turbo, and In Space. Oh, so seven so seasons. And if, you, if you're not familiar with the music, if you're a fan of the 90s themes of the X-Men series, he did that too. That makes so much sense. I say this with nothing but enthusiasm. It's like peak butt rock. <laughs> so. Yes, I can. I I were making like the top ten '90s kids opening theme songs. Power Rangers and X Men are like number one and number two. They're I think very. Mighty Morphin gets it just by a hair because that guitar riff. They're pretty high up there. I'm a sucker for the Ducktales intro, but that's another conversation. So, yeah, no, but I, both those make you they hype you up for the show you're about to watch. Yeah, I guess for me, the version of that was Dragon Ball's Rock the Dragon. But anyway, <laughs> uh, definitely caught me or a lot of interest for me. Like, you know, the transformation scenes of of them turning into the Power Rangers, the over the top poses, the explosions in the background to indicate attacks happening. Sidebar. Ooh, when monsters. These when these characters transform, they would hold up this. What were they called? A morpher. A morpher. It was like a belt buckle, but they would hold it up. They would like twist it, and then like the animal would show whatever they were going to transform into. This man here has a physical one that has it. It it will do the sound effects when you twist it. It's kind of awesome. Which one do you have? This is an important Uh, question. Red Rangers. There you go. (laughs) Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or. The gorilla from the Ninjetti powers. Yeah, because oh, yeah. isn't that that <laughs> I I say this with nothing but respect, but doesn't that toy have like multiple coins for different Red Rangers or something? Yes, mine didn't come with that one specifically, mm. but there were specific ones that came with both the Tyrannosaurus coin and the gorilla coin, which was from the movie, and later seasons of, of uh, Mighty Morphin. Mm. By the way, as a quick digression, I was showing my my girlfriend my Warhammer stuff, and she hesitated to call them toys, and she's like, that isn't, isn't offending or anything. I went, no, they're toys. I have no qualms about that. So. <laughs> anyway. Really putting her to the test early on. This is my extensive collection of small, very expensive plastic men. Why are you backing away from me? Where are you going? No, come back. Actually, for the record, she was really into it because she's an artist and she saw it as artistic expression. But that's besides the point. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not – this is continuing a weird sidebar, but it's not wrong to call them adult army men. That's exactly what They're 100% adult army men. Well, that's Actually, why I'm like – you would just That honor goes to historical war gamers. We are a weirder subset of that. We pay way too much for ours. Yeah, but that's also why I have no problem calling them toys. It's like, to me, toys is not derogatory. Yeah, they're toys. Whatever. I'm an adult. <laughs> I have disposable income. I will spend it on army men. Exactly. Anyway, back to Power Rangers. Okay, so basically you had the very standard. You were a kid. It was on one of the five channels. You latched onto awesome visuals, essentially magic ninjas fighting with dinosaur robots and got awesome music. Yeah, and not surprisingly... Yeah, the toys really caught my attention. I, yeah, uh, I think it I has thought, to be said that if you grew up in the 90s, there was no escaping Power Rangers. This I will shit say, was everywhere. I will say, though, I think the toys, oddly enough, because they were great, but they were – how do I put this? I think they were part of the reason why I didn't get into Power Rangers for one specific reason. The entire premise 
of the Zords, the the robots that the Power Rangers control, <laughs> is that they would then combine together into the Megazord. Now, yes. while it did happen sometimes that the actual Zord toys could do this, far more often they were just they would give you the Megazord as a toy that wouldn't separate into the bits. And as a person who was really into Transformers and Beast Wars toys that actually could transform, I wanted the actual give me the five toys that then combine into one toy. And the fact that I basically couldn't get that, mm. I think, pissed off little kid brain me. <laughs> well, those were fucking expensive. Like, my yeah. cousins had all the big combining ones. And yeah. I got the uh, Zeo Megazord years later. And I cherish the fuck out of that. Cause yeah, I, I grew up. I have a Megazord. Oh yeah, total agreement there. Yeah, they they would have little cheap ones of the Megazord, but that was it. And yeah, I I do agree. Those were not the fun ones yeah. because if you bought the full sets, which were expensive, you would get from like the original one the Tyrannosaurus, the Mastodon, the Triceratops, the Sabertooth Tiger, and the Pterodactyl, which would all transform into the tank tank mode or you can lift it up to become the megazord and yeah you get five toys in one or one big toy and they were amazing yeah and that's what i wanted but i was pretty poor as a kid so it's like i was kind of holding my own economic limitation against the show but anyway (laughs) my my mom was amazing and she usually tried to get me to get me toys that i wanted she was always a sweetheart like that but yeah i've as a child, I had the Zeo Megazord along with the the Red Battle Megazord from Zeo, which is another standalone that you could combine that one with the other ones to make a bigger robot, because you could always make a bigger robot. Yeah. So, real quick, <laughs> it's not a listed question, but in the interest of this particular topic, can you give us a somewhat rundown of just some of the, say like three of the best series and like two or three of the worst ones. We get an idea of range here. Ooh, man. <laughs> or maybe just one or two best, oh, yeah, one no. or two worst. Just something um, like that. Terrible worst. <laughs> oh, no, I, I've heard terrible. enough about what the worst is. Oh, and I want him will, to talk about it. So. We will talk about those. <laughs> uh, shame on them. <laughs> they know what they did. Some of the best, I would personally say, In Space is very good as a series. Although it's hard to suggest it without saying watch Turbo, Zeo, and Mighty Morphin, as they all are a running long arc uh, throughout. Not so much with Mighty Morphin, but there's still three seasons worth of character development <laughs> and a lot of filler. It was you yeah, know, still because like the first season of Mighty Morphin's like 80 episodes, isn't it? The first three seasons are between 60 and 70 episodes. For a season of television? Yes. It ran five days a week. Oh, that's so much. Also, do not look up the the behind-the-scenes stories or the Power Rangers curse. I don't know the Power Rangers curse. I do know that Brian Cranston actually voiced some of the monsters back in the original, which is cool. Sidebar, but... Anyway, so In Space. Okay. Yeah, In Space, which is... Again, it's it's the culmination of what's called the Zordon era, which, again, Zordon was the original mentor of the Power Rangers. He's the one that kind of set the groundwork of the rules that seasons well beyond these would also follow uh, and is still a personal favorite character from sh- from shows for me. But it's like. In Space is about the team kind of coming into their own, finally growing beyond mentors and being self-actualized, I think is the right word. Yeah. Some other great series are Jungle Fury, which is a later one. That one's more martial arts based. Is, uh, is that the one with the Muay Thai guy? Yes. Yes. Yeah, there is a there is a Power Ranger in it. It's the first... I think the first definitively purple Power Ranger, and the design of the suit is very Muay Thai. Like, he's got the armband and everything. You showed me this. Mm-hmm. So. That one is a really good series. Great characters in that. And another one I would highly suggest is Power Rangers RPM, which is effectively Power Rangers, but in the Skynet universe. 
Is that the is one that with the Apocalypse one? Yes. Okay, I I've do heard re- good things about that one. <laughs> okay, I do remember there was one of those where I had the toy that disappointed me because it was just cars. Mm. And I was like, why is it just cars? Is that... <laughs> It might have been turbo, right, but sense, there's yeah. been several that have just been cars. Yeah. Oh but, god, they went back to doing just cars after turbo. Oh yeah. Why? Several seasons. <laughs> but RPM, it's also a love letter to Power Rangers in its own weird way, uh, because a lot of the humor runs to meta textual. Like, there's a whole point where the Power Rangers themselves have a Q and A with their their mentor who's the one who made the suits the rope or the robots their giant cars and everything and so they're like why does the vehicle have giant googly eyes <laughs> or like they make the comment of like what's the what's the point of fighting trying to save humanity in bright multicolored spandex <laughs> <laughs> When you've been going for 28 seasons, these are the questions you can ask. Exactly. But I still think one of my favorites is there's a moment where they talk about the Green Ranger in that one, who is hilarious, goes, I've noticed sometimes when we morph, there's a giant explosion behind us. Is that safe? (laughs) (laughs) Which the show then explains that it's it's basically an energy output from from them morphing. I Which, feel like that was mentioned at some other point because I feel like I, I knew that, but I've never made it this far in Power Rangers. It's is like, that is that the season that I think you told me? Didn't they once utilize that explosion to like beat something? Yes, in the same in the same uh, in the same series, they then use that fact to weaponize weaponize the background explosion to take out a bunch of enemies. I mean, that's kind of hilariously awesome. Yeah, so. that's what that's. That's the kind of over-the-topness you come to for Power Rangers. Okay, just yeah. now, just for my sake, and I admit this is a very loaded question because I already know the answer, tell us about a bad one. Oh, the bad series. <laughs> I'll, I'll start with a low ball because it's not even that the whole series is bad, but this one arc is so poorly handled uh, and that's in Power Rangers Wild Force, which is, as a series, it's about the Rangers are more nature spirit based. And it it kind of talks about the balance between, you know, not polluting and protecting, protecting the environment. And, you know, at the time it was pretty ham handed. But there's this particular arc with a character named Animus, who effectively is the master spirit behind their powers, who gets reborn as this whiny child who sees everything in basically black and whites of, oh, why do humans pollute this planet? It's the only thing they have. Why, why Why are they so callous? And through that, he decides humanity's not worth it and just takes the Power Rangers' powers away. So we've got a, a <laughs> child character that is a literal representation of condescending, pretentious, black-and-white eco-centrism. Yeah, eco-justice. Oof. And then the show tries to pull that flip around of saying, oh, it was a test and you passed. Uh, See, now you're making me not want to watch uh, Pines. There are five episodes. Sorry, what orc? See, now we've gone the other direction, and I don't want to watch Power Rangers anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's like, that's just a bad arc in one season. That's not even a bad season, which a bad season is Megaforce. I have heard many times about Megaforce, and I never get tired of hearing about it, because as someone who's not a fan of Power Rangers... On paper, Megaforce sounds and looks like the coolest thing. Oh, it is infuriating how much potential they had with Megaforce, and it was all squandered. Tell us about what Megaforce is, Woundvog. Now, Megaforce was, I believe, the 
20th or 25th anniversary season of Power Rangers, which coincided with the 30th anniversary of Sentai in Japan. Now, the original Megaforce took from a Sentai series that was all angel-themed, like divine, holy, holy look. And that's all well and good. The second half of the season, though, took from a pirate-themed Sentai. And before he goes any further, if you just look at the pictures, the pirate Power Rangers outfits look fucking awesome. The pirate Megazord looks great. It does a thing when it first puts together where it, like, tilts a pirate hat. It's And it has, like, a cutlass. It looks great. Continue, Woodbog. <laughs> and behind the scenes, the entire season was a shit show. The creator or the lead director only cared about the fight scenes. He literally just wanted to push everything to just get to the next moment to make everything as cheap and cost effective as possible. The actors were literally begging for character development, which he refused. Uh, They even considered bringing on other past actors from the series, the anniversary of which it's being right now, to play centrifugal roles, which he refused. Uh, Some characters only coming up literally because they they were working on the show as writers at the time. Because wasn't part of the idea, too, that, like, there were interacting with past teams somehow? Or? Yes, because the first half of the season is all about, like, looking into the past of of the Power Rangers. The second half, which is, again, the pirate one, uh, in the original Sentai footage, they got these keys that would allow them to unlock old Ranger powers. So that's what they did with the Sentai, or the Power Rangers footage as well. That So basically the whole idea is they could transform into past rangers and fight with those abilities. Which sounds amazing. Plus it's literally pirating other Power Rangers powers, so it's thematically coherent. However, the biggest problem is, A, the show never addresses the the pirate theme. It's just an upgrade which they call the Super Mega Force. <laughs> Good God. Horrible name. convention. Hate it. <laughs> Every episode ended with them saying Super Mega Force, that's a Super Mega win. And oh, I no. inside every time. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, the, the actors got such bad direction, everything was stilted. Even for Power Rangers, it was stilted. Anyway, I want I, I mostly wanted to just get because I always enjoy not it, maybe it's a little Schadenfreude, but I just like hearing because it looks so cool on paper, and then the level of disappointment. Anyway, I just want to get that out of the way because it's supposed to be a, a show about positivity, but uh, Megaforce is just fun to listen to. Yeah, from, it's like, again, it I I can't suggest Megaforce, but. If you want to have like get a group of friends together with some beverages of any kind and just watch and just have a good riff along, watch Samurai because while it could while it could be taxing, it was a lot more fun to just point and laugh at. Okay. Real quick, Ulrich, you said you checked out around in space? Yeah, cuz that was the point I was getting a bit too old. For Power Rangers, and it's the last one I remember making a dedicated effort to check in with. And In Space is used to season like nine it's or something? either In Space or Lost Galaxy. I can't remember yep. which one came after. Those two always get mixed in my head because they're very similar. Yeah, it's uh, In Space was technically season seven. I like to call it season four because I consider all three of Mighty Morphins one as season. one. Which means it's what, 240 episodes? Yeah. But I, I usually mark it as... Uh, based on the suits. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And then I and watched Lightspeed Rescue, but I wasn't 
I can't recall much from Lightspeed Rescue or Time Force. Time Force is another really good one. So I remember liking it, but I don't. I can't tell you anything about it. This brings us to the next question, which is a very simple. We've already started touching on it, but what comes to mind when I ask you why do you love this thing, Power Rangers? Yeah. I love that it is just pure and simple a story of people doing good things. Like it is just a it is a continuing story of effectively the Captain America setup of people are given the power to do something right and do the right thing with it. Uh, one of my favorite things, and this comes from the very first season of Power Rangers, is Zordon, the mentor, gives three major rules that he says do not break as a Power Ranger. The first is keep your identity uh, identity secret for safety. The second is do not use the power for self-gain. And the third is never escalate a fight. And I like that rule that, is that if, uh, if it comes to it, we will, we will take action greater, but we will not be the first to enforce it. Gives a good explanation for why it's always the monsters get bigger before the Megazord comes out. Yes. So, okay. I, I didn't think about that idea of, like, all of them almost as Captain America analogs, but it does seem like, at least in the early seasons, from my understanding, that the kids are all almost inhumanly good, especially for teenagers. The 90s, it's the 90s. We have to counterbalance the extreme violence with, you know, positive just oppressive positivity and oh, I mean oh, yeah. even the bullies were just Bulk and Skull who are uh, not Bulk and Skull. at all. Who are in the series a lot longer than like anyone else if I remember correctly, I, right? Uh yes, they the, aren't they the longest running original cast members? Second only to Jason David Frank, the original oh, that's right. slash Fight Ranger. They have appeared in I think uh Paul Schreier who played Bulk has appeared in the most episodes. Yeah. Now I, I have I have gotten the impression from you telling me about it that Power Rangers over time got a little more relaxed about having their characters be inhuman avatars of goodness. Yeah. So. But touching on that real quick, one last thing, I also like that with all the different personalities from the characters, again, all of the, even all of them being default to uh, just general good one. It showed that anyone can be a hero, and it like it really pushed that you know through through personal growth you can you can achieve achieve great things. Like one of my favorite is in the first series, the Blue Ranger Billy is very obviously the nerd. Nineties nerd, by the way, which meant he has glasses, yeah. likes computers, <laughs> but they. Throughout the se- or throughout the series as it progresses, it shows him joining karate classes with uh, the rest of the, the rest of his friends and getting better as a fighter. So it shows that as as it goes on, you can see character growth in in these characters and shows like even the Pink Ranger Kimberly, who is very much like the Valley Girl cheerleader. There's a lot more to her than just that. I also want to take this moment to uh, be to say that we are aware. I know Wunglog is aware that there is actually some behind the scenes uncomfortableness having to do with the actor who played Billy the Blue Ranger yeah, David and Yost. and the treatment of him at the time. We are not. We're not. Yeah, no. Like I said, that. just just go look up any of the behind the scenes details of those shows or the Power Rangers curse. Yeah. So his point is, we are aware of it, but we're not here to talk about that ugliness. So, yeah, for for making lenient, for going more lenient on it, future series became also had interesting character studies. We have which was the series with Magnet Defender. The Mag. Oh, that was Lost Galaxy. Because I remember, like, I don't. Again, I don't care for Power yeah. Rangers. But I know him. His design. He was, was awesome. His backstory was cool. His son was goofy, but it was still a good story. Yes. So, but yeah. As an example, the Magnet Defender, who was 
the sixth ranger, a trope of the new of a new ranger appearing about halfway through the series, was a character who had a long-standing rivalry with the main villain, in which the main villain straight up killed his son in battle. And they show it in the, the show. <laughs> so, alien child death. It was pretty intense. But it shows that the spirit of the Magna Defender possesses another person to continue the fight, but he's so he's so hell-bent on beating the boss, he... He's not even there to help the Rangers because he just wants to win. I mean, he did watch his son get murdered in front of him. Yeah, so you know, a few hang-ups. <laughs> it's a kid show, folks. <laughs> he also has this cool design that, to me, really stuck out in Power Rangers where he's got like more armor and he's got these bull horns. And... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, then we can cut to the most important question, I think, which is, very simply put, what does this being one of your pillars say about you? Or what do you think it says about you? I'd like to think I'd like to think it says I'm hopeful. Because in a similar vein to to other shows that are long standing like this, Power Rangers has always pushed for a positive future that even though there is darkness, there's always going to be there's always going to be light to, uh, to defy it. That there's going there will be there will be good there to uphold against evil. That that if if something needs if something or someone needs help, you yourself have the power to to help. To change, to do better. It's very optimistic. Yes. I mean, I'm on board with it. <laughs> Again, as someone who's not, you know, I said that way too many times. I'm repeating myself. So it is. It is incredibly campy. It is. Uh, it's definitely helped shape my sense of humor as well. But it's a show that I feel is great to look back on. Uh, get a few. Get a few good laughs, but. Like there's a lot of heart behind it, and especially if you have, it, like if you were, you know, our generation with kids now, it's a great show to go back to. Yes. And show it to the younger generation. I have watched Mighty Morphin with my daughter, and she got violent. <laughs> what else got- happens when you show a kid punching? But oh, okay. I also feel I think we'd be remiss if now again. I only bring this up because I wasn't aware you were into Power Rangers until this happened. I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention Atop the Fourth Wall. Yes. Uh, and I was going to bring that up as, uh, a bit later as well. Something that I would definitely say reignited my fascination for the show is Linkara's series of History of the Power Rangers, which I know is probably his most popular series and running on the show right or on his series or his uh, YouTube channel. Oh, that's neat. (laughs) Where he has done a detailed breakdown season by season of Power Rangers. And he goes through the themes, the the characters, the the backgrounds, the lore, and a lot of the information I have myself that I have regurgitated tonight or today, whenever you're listening, <laughs> I have also gotten from him a little bit from my own my own looking into it. But his series are definitely worth watching. And if you're interested in just taking a peek at Power Rangers, history is a good start. Yeah, no, it's my uh, go to. Of if you don't, you don't need to watch Turbo. Just go watch his breakdown of Turbo, and you're good. <laughs> Save yourself so much time and frustration uh, and questions. I stand by Turbo. It it has it's messy, but it's fun. How about I one thing I wanted to ask, just because we've still got, you know, more time to gush. Yeah. What are some of the more interesting for good or bad mm, let's go with decisions? I bring it up because I have in my mind, <laughs> for instance, one of the crossovers that I thought was 
odd and interesting, but I don't know what uh, other yes. things like that might exist that I don't know about. So, like, what kind of stuff would you be like, here is something to tell a person who doesn't know about, whether that, whether good or bad, because it's interesting. A good one recently, too, is, like, if, if you're into comics, there has been a recently running Power Rangers series of comics, and they have been phenomenal. Or as the show would say, more phenomenal. Oh, <laughs> there. Obligatory, cringy 90s moment. Wunvog, for, for anyone who doesn't hang out with him on a very regular basis, he's a pun master. That, and, is, uh, that is straight from Mighty Morphin's ad, uh, advertisements of the 90s. That explains something about you. So, <laughs> But the series has done some ideas with multiverse time jumping, Power Rangers from series that have spanned the whole ser- series uh, working together uh, to take care of stuff, which is so cool to see. They've been doing some wild crossovers with, there's one where they meet the Justice League. I didn't know about that one. That's, that's a fun crossover. There's going to be soon a series of them coming up against Godzilla. Yep, I've seen that announced as like, ooh, okay. Which Godzilla knowing, versus the Megazord. Yeah. Which knowing that the original Dragon Zord is so much a reference to Mechagodzilla, it's really funny. I mean, I admit I'm biased. Yeah. Godzilla is ridiculously powerful if you break down his feats, but I know the Megazord gets crazy as well. <laughs> I mean, even down to having finger rockets. <laughs> Mechagodzilla is wonderful. Oh yeah. And I know this this one you know too. It's like in the comics, there's even they did a crossover with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Didn't they do that in live action yeah, which too? Which is not the first time they've done it. <laughs> which yes, in the first few see, the first few episodes of In Space, there is an episode where they cross over with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it is weird. Well, because if I remember correctly, it's the turtles that were supposedly from the show The Next Mutation, which is a terrible show with really bad turtle suits. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that... I never saw the crossover. I just know what happened. Oh, it is wild. (laughs) Another funny thing, too, is I've kind of taken a bit of time, like, re-watching the series. Part of the fun has been picking out where the American footage stops and <laughs> Sentai footage begins. Well, I know that in the first season, or the early stuff, that was way easier because the, the classic example I know is that the Green Power Ranger, who is awesome, in the original Sentai footage, he has this, like, triangle piece of armor that mm. very obviously looks like armor. Yeah, a crest shield. Yeah, and that for some reason in the English, I guess they couldn't get a hold of that prop, and so instead it's very obviously like foam Yeah, it's, it's it's like a very floppy felt, <laughs> and it does not look great. Again, they were cheap as fuck. They weren't going to spend money on this. This is about selling toys. And do you know what kids don't notice? Production value. Well, well you know what's, what's really interesting about that is another one I know from the early one is they took a plot line then the Sentai seemed tailor-made for kids, and then they – if I remember correctly, they didn't use it, which is the original White Ranger story is essentially Shazam, right? Yes. Uh, funny enough to be used later. In, yeah. Yeah, in the Sentai footage where the White Ranger from Mighty Morphin comes from, he's actually a – 12, 13-year-old kid who, when he turns into the ranger, you know, the suit grows so he has the body of an adult. Not used in Mighty Morphin, however, brought back into play in Turbo. Oh. Because the blue ranger in that is a character named Justin, who is like 12 to 13-year-old, who joins the team. I just, I wonder why they didn't Port that over more directly because Shazam's been like the concept of kid transforms into adult superhero has been popular in the West since like the 1930s. Yeah. So, yeah, but how often does it work? I mean, just Shazam, pretty much. So yeah, Shazam works in comic, and even then, Shazam. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but Org, did you know that Shazam had a live-action adaptation before Superman did? Yes. Shazam is old as fuck. That doesn't mean he's had a degree of popularity. <laughs> well, actually, he was more popular than Superman through much of the 40s, if I remember correctly. But he fell out of popularity, oddly enough, in, like, the 50s and the 60s. I don't know why. But anyway, tangent. My point was just that I thought it was interesting that there was a Power Ranger that so obviously seemed like Shazam. <laughs> so Yeah, so – they have made a kid Power Ranger in at least one season. It had mixed results. Personally, I like Justin as a character. Which is stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of people, like a lot of people, tried to equate it to the Scrappy Doo moment of oh. Rangers. However, I also argue that Scrappy Doo is not as bad as you remember. You're you're just remembering how weird Scooby Doo got. I feel like uh, we're going to have a Scooby-Doo episode somewhere. I'm wearing a Scooby-Doo shirt right now. So. It, it, it will get its time. Scooby-Doo. Uh, Put that on the back burner. That, there's something to be had there. But Justin was an interesting character because, uh, again, he he was the demographic age. <laughs> we all hated him. <laughs> yeah, so, again, there's that. There's always that weirdness where it's like, you know, the committee probably thought it was a good idea, but... It doesn't work in practice. Mm. Well, Turbo is just not, is not a good season. We have cars, which are not nearly as cool. We have Diva Talks. We have Diva Talks. Um, <laughs> those of you who know, know. I don't know. Huge <laughs> tracts of land. The only, the only uh. villains I know, I know Rita. I know Zed. I know Goldar. And I know that later on there was some woman whose dad was an insect god, and and like he wanted her to become an insect god. She's like, I don't want to be an insect god. And he's like, Well, get in the cocoon. And <laughs> I don't know her name, but I remember that storyline. Out of context, this has got to be so wild. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I talking about? That's uh, Scorpina. Scorpina. Okay. One of the best villains the show ever had. Oh, it's not all right. I remember it's that she, it's from Lost Galaxy. So I remember she gets in a cocoon. Yeah, remember she finally yeah. gets in a cocoon, and when she comes out, she's all super That's buggy, and she's like destroys. She's like ridiculously powerful. I remember seeing that on TV once when I was like young. Yeah. So stripped of her humanity, Kerrigan yeah. before Kerrigan. Yeah, exactly. She has major Kerrigan vibes. Anyway, Turbo's a fun series, but it is. It was the first real messy series because. The Sentai it's based off of is a comedy, so they I, – I've heard that the writers, part, half of them wanted to keep to the more lighthearted themes. The other half wanted to keep to more action-based scenarios, so the, the emotional gauge of the series is all over the place. One, one, more, one more question that I, I've asked you outside of recording – but I feel like is relevant. So Power Rangers has this thing that the colors of the Rangers tend to have certain, for lack of a term, tropes of the kind of characters that they fulfill. The Red Ranger is always the leader, right? Mm-hmm. Blue Ranger seems like he's usually the oddball of some sort. Pink Ranger is almost always, or is, has always been a girl, yes. right? So like what ones, you fill in the gaps from what I just said and how has that been, accurate or changed since its inception it's it still pretty much runs the gambit the again red is always like leader of the team with very few exceptions blue is usually either is either usually second in command or i'd say voice of reason for the team mm-hmm. pink, yeah pink is usually the girl that can or it's usually what happens with that one. Yellow is either the tomboy or I'd say tertiary, where it's more oddball kind of has been split between yellow, black, and green. Mm, okay. So I'd say it kind of bounces between those ones. Green is Hard to say with that one. I'd say the probably one of the more interesting ones. I was going to say Green was the first sixth Ranger. Right? Yes. 
So in my brain, I still think of Green as being not part of the main group. Yeah. Cause yeah, there's probably some contention from Mighty Morphin fans on Green versus Red and where you fall. Oh, yeah. And then with most Power Ranger series, it's either a Green Ranger or a Black Ranger. That is the sixth one, right? Usually in the main cast. Oh, in the main cast. Yeah, yeah okay. very rarely has there been both a Black and Green Ranger. Oh, okay. okay. They usually tend to be, I would say, the stoic one. And... Has have they done any like, for like a better term, subversions or play around with that formula? I definitely say so. Like I said, uh, the goofball has bounced around. Although I, I personally would consistently say, any time there's been a Green Ranger, they have been great. Yeah, Green Ranger kind of has that. Like I said, there's uh, definitely some debates for Mighty Morphin fans on Green versus Red and. Well, as as Woundvog said earlier, Jason David Frank, the original Green Ranger, is like been in more of it than anyone else, right? Like mm-hmm. he keeps on coming back, and yeah. and in reality, well, he's a huge fan of the franchise. Well, also in reality, he became an MMA guy, so he's like a real world Power Ranger too. Yep. So. But yeah, for subversion, I only I only bring it up because it's such a '90s thing, and I admit oh, from yeah, from my yeah, and from my perspective, I literally have asked Woundvog multiple occasions, like, have they had a pink ranger that wasn't a girl or was the leader or something like that? And now, again, we don't need – Power Rangers doesn't need to be subversive. I'm just curious. Yeah. So. Um, and going a bit on that too, like this is looking back into also the seeing where Sentai footage ends and uh, American footage begins. There have been plenty of times in the series where a male Sentai character – is portrayed with a actress in America. That happens in the Yellow Ranger a lot, doesn't it? Yes. Usually, usually the teams in the Sentai tend to be four men and one woman, where in the States it often goes more three two three two. Usually, a Ranger will be cast as female, where the Sentai counterpart was male. You can usually tell when one doesn't have a skirt. Ah. Ah. Hmm. Interesting. So there's another fun Im- visual to spot. But, yeah, there are certain things where it's like, to this date, there has not been a female Red Ranger for a whole series. But it, it's happened before? There's been one shown, but it was only like two episodes. Oh. It's something. something. Yeah, small plot point was more of it. The latest season has given us the first green female ranger. Okay, so baby steps, baby yeah. steps. Yeah, so things have been, things are shifting, but yeah, there's more There's more breaking the mold, which is always kind of fun. Okay. Now, normally, because we're getting kind of to our time here, normally I end on the, the what does it say about you, but we got that out actually a while ago and then kept going because this is such a, there's a bra- breadth of topic here, and there's so – how many seasons are there now? Oh, boy. I can usually name them in order, and that's fun. It's getting to 30. It's not quite there yet because yes. I'm just going to just gonna do nerd flex. Go for it. Mighty Morphin, Zeo, Turbo, In Space, Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed Rescue – Time Force, Wild Force, Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder, SPD, Mystic Force, Operation Overdrive, Jungle Fury, RPM, Samurai, Mega Force, Dino Charge, Beast Morphers, Dino Fury. That is 20 distinct series, essentially. Each with one or more seasons. Yes. I think that's all of them. Feel free to let me know if I missed any. Okay, okay. Well, then, in that case, since we basically already did the what does it say about you, I think instead the last question is not even a question. It's just 
since we can probably talk about series for indefinitely, but we don't have time indefinitely. What do you, how, how do you want to conclude this discussion on your pillar? What did, what do you want someone to take away from this discussion? I guess. I would definitely say, take a look back at things you enjoyed as a kid. Don't, don't shelve those completely. I would, I definitely as a, uh, as a teen went through the, Oh, these are the kid things I need to put away. I'm an adult now. And then I continued watching cartoons and, and all these Power Ranger shows. Anyways, so, but then <laughs> I just had a big rock of shame that I didn't need. So, again, enjoy what you like. Take a look back at things you remember as a kid. Some of them hold up. Some don't, and that's sometimes more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not touching Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's probably a good thing. I think that's as good a place as any. That's a good uh, message to end with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, looking back at Power Rangers, it's completely reignited something that I realize I very much love and hold very dear. All right. Well, then, you know, thank you for coming and telling us about your pillar. Eat. It's at this point that we bring out the special soapbox that you can get on, and you can plug anything you want to plug. All right. Go check out the Creative Horror website. Creative Horror, they do a bunch of podcasts about the horror genre, the state of horror on the internet, including creepypastas and scary stories, including things like Darkly Lit, which is a monthly book of the month podcast. Uh, Undercooked Analysis, where they read stories that are sent into them by fans. And the newest one, The Jameson Tapes, where two friends just get drunk and watch a scary movie together. Is that uh, the one where they make drinks real, related to the movie or whatever? Yes. And I will again emphasize, I'm not affiliated with them anyway. I am just an avid fan who wants them to get more love. All right. Well, then, yeah, thanks again for chatting with us. Always fun. And uh, Ulrich, I believe that we can go into the next section. All right. Suggestions of the week. This is our little capper we throw on the podcast where we just suggest something we've been enjoying recently. And I'll go ahead and start because while I'm really happy with my suggestion, it is a bit ass backwards in presentation. Uh, This week, I'm suggesting the Shelbyville podcast. I don't know it. It's actually a spinoff podcast of the KingCast podcast podcast which i will talk about at some point because that's really great but this is an actual play stephen king style podcast oh okay that is really the first season just wrapped is really good is really funny and has done something that i thought was gone has reignited my interest in rpgs oh okay and the system basically the whole story is There are three kids growing up in the 90s in New England in a town where weird, bad shit is happening. Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. And it is just packed with all your, you know, your typical Stephen King tropes and your stuff. And it's really funny. It's really enjoyable. And I, I guess there's only like four or five episodes, so it's really quick, easy to get through. Like I said, I don't know how else to really pitch it, but this reignited my interest in RPGs, which was long dead after so many terrible D&D campaigns. Which, I mean, that excites me because I still would love to like do something D&D with Ulrich at some point. Anyway, my suggestion of the week is just a YouTube channel that I've actually known about for a long time, but I've recently gotten way into. It's literally a guy named Ryan George. You, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen his stuff, even if you don't know his name. He tends to put on these little sketches where he plays multiple characters. His most famous stuff are pitch meetings, which is someone pitching a movie that is currently out. And it basically is a way for him to make fun of the movie. I was never big into those, but I recently discovered he has a series called The First Person that's all about the first person to open a bar, the first person to go to a beach. My, my favorite one is he has one called If Adulthood Had Job Orientation Day. And it's just a really funny, like, two to three minute sketches on YouTube, and they're they're worth your time. Especially check out the adult job orientation day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wunvong, you have a suggestion for us? 
The villain's name from Lost Galaxy was Trakina, and I feel silly now. Trakina. Okay. Who's, uh, Scor- who's Scorpina, then? Very minor villain from Mighty Morphin. Okay. So the <laughs> people but, who have already commented about it, now they'll be – anyway. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm getting I'm getting dirty looks from from Dan on this. I knew I would. <laughs> I'm going to take a huge swing and suggest the anime Sarazan Mai. Uh, I don't know this. This show is not going to be for everybody. I absolutely will qualify it there. It is. It's like sex with clown. Fucking bonkers. Uh. uh. <laughs> Send okay. all your angry messages to Woonvog at wherever <laughs> Woonvog is currently located. Not us. What is this? The show S-A-R-A-Z-A-N-M-A-I. Okay, what is it? It is a show about three kids in Japan who get turned into Kappa by a Kappa spirit to defeat basically obsessed ghosts and the show is absolutely ludicrous not or goes really crazy right off the bat if you understand anything about the lore of kappas you know why it goes crazy i won't get into it here (laughs) but it is also if you can get past the absolute what the fuckery of it the show is very deep and has like a very emotional heart at its core. Okay, I'm not going to remember that, but I'm glad you spelled it out if I do want, although I'm sure you'll probably show me something at some point. So uh, I'm going to have to force it down your throat. Oh, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ulrich, I think that means you can take us into our outro. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, to Brad, do whatever it is the algorithm demands of you on your particular platforming side of choice. Maybe share this with your Power Rangers fan in your life. Maybe this made you a power, if you are a Power Rangers fan, let us know. We definitely will do another Power Rangers episode, if only because Power Rangers is fun and I won't talk about it again. And if you're listening to this, it is most likely on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or thefiresidealliance.com. And if it's somewhere else, then tell us about that so we can make sure that no one is, like, stealing our content. But if there's a place where we're not that you'd rather us be, tell us about it where we can look at it. And if you really want to help us out, then go check us out on Spotify specifically where there's a rating system you can use to rate us. And the algorithm there is has – mystical magical stuff i don't understand but good ratings are helpful i think <laughs> as always it's been large friend Ulrich. and his shield brother axel right be sure to tune in next time and as always stay honorable